one of my favorite things that we have done to create positive effect in Frank and Oak is really identify who are our top customers. What we did last Christmas, for example, is we sent them in the mail four gift cards, one to keep for themselves and three to give to their friends. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. So thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. In this episode, we are talking about making a fashion brand more sustainable how to communicate that to your customers. We've got some super awesome customer referral tips coming up at the end. And we've got some really brilliant advice on how to tap into the Chinese markets too. So a lot coming in this episode from a really insightful guest too. So make sure you listen right to the end so you don't miss out on anything, including those brilliant top tips that she's bringing as well. Would you like to be using an e-commerce platform that's not just delivering everything you want today, but that's creating the ecosystem that will keep your ambitions ahead of the curve? Then you need Shopline, a modern commerce platform built to empower you to achieve more. Want to know more? Head along to e-commerce expo in London, where Shopline are exhibiting for a free demo and to get your questions answered. Find out all about that via our short link ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. See you there. And if you're hearing this after e-commerce expo, then don't worry, the link will be updated so you can catch up on all the highlights. ecmp.info forward slash shopline. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. And now to introduce our special guest. Elizabeth de Gramont is the head of impact at Canadian fashion brand Frank and Oak. They're a bricks and clicks B Corp retailer founded in 2012 that now has 15 stores in Canada and does the other 50% of its sales via its Shopify site. Elizabeth is also chief brand officer at Unified Commerce Group. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello. Nice to see you this morning. Great to have you on the show. How did you yourself get into e-commerce? So that's, I would say, probably a non-traditional journey. So my background is really in brand strategy and consumer insight and consumer marketing. So I actually started my career in China. I had studied Chinese when I was in university and probably out of a sense of rebellion, decided to move to China and see what I could 
make of it. And so my first job uh, working in China was in Shanghai was in PR. And I fairly quickly moved into working for an agency that was doing consumer research and consumer insight for major international brands. So Coca-Cola, Johnson Johnson, BF Group, Burberry, all the big brands that were coming into China in the mid-2000s. So my expertise really became how do we adapt Western and international brands to local markets. And as you probably know, China has also been really in the forefront of e-commerce, kind of an e-commerce revolution globally and social media. And, you know, I went from doing research on concept testing for TV advertising for Coca-Cola, you know, before the 2008 Olympics to focusing a lot more on how do we reach customers and shape brand perception through influencer relationships, through our e-commerce presence, and then also helping Western brands that were coming into China to try to tap into that market. So that's sort of my, you know, original entry and how I became involved with Frank and Oak is that at the inception of this company, Unified Commerce Group, which is now the current owner of Frank and Oak, became involved with the CEO in founding that company when we uh, then had the opportunity to acquire Frank and Oak in 2020. And uh, with the thesis of sort of taking some of the experiences we had learned from observing the Chinese e-commerce market and believing that there's room for essentially a platform that can help multiple brands, uh, e-commerce brands, kind of develop into a new era of retail where probably customer acquisition costs are getting very high on digital. Um, there's a need to expand into brick and mortar and need to expand into a more multi-channel environment. So I've come in not so much as an e-commerce expert, but more as a, how do you um, take a brand like Frank and Oak and preserve the brand that our customers love and have become very you know, loyal to in the last almost over a decade of business and expand it into new channels. So from e-commerce, also into our store environments, as well as working with wholesale partners to bring the brand into their uh, locations as well. Just a few things on the to-do list then. Yeah, just a few things. <laughs> <laughs> just a few things. <laughs> Always that way with, a, you know, it's a, it's a t t more than 10-year-old brand, but still a startup in many ways. <laughs> Yeah, there's always so many opportunities. It's always trying to work out which ones to do, but nobody needs me to go off on that rant again. So tell us a bit more about Frank and Oak, and then we'll get into some of those other areas. Where in the world is Frank and Oak based and where are you currently selling to? Sure. So Frank and Oak um, is a Montreal brand. It was founded in 2012 by two, you know, I say young guys who were working at Deloitte in Montreal and had this sense that they didn't want to be buying expensive suits like their bosses, but they also didn't want to be going to Zara or H&M. And so they founded a menswear brand called Frank and Oak. Frank and Oak really developed out of this, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Montreal, but Montreal has an element of really interesting culture of fashion and art and design. But, you know, I'd say kind of a, what in the mid 2000s was very much like a hipster, hipster vibe. So something you can see in every city, whether it's London or New York or Montreal. And so really got into this community of young guys working in creative industries, um, also a lot of tech startups in that area and providing kind of the wardrobe and the modern work wardrobe for them. So that went on for about five years. It started actually as a subscription box business. 
which is, you know, I think very interesting probably to your e-commerce listeners because with apparel, that's a tough business to do, but a very compelling proposition, especially for a menswear client to say, you know, we're just going to send you a box every month of different clothing items and you you can return what you don't like. In 2017, we launched Women's Wear, and we took this pretty strong turn and point of view towards trying to make more sustainable product. So that meant first with the fabrics that we choose in creating the product, but really orienting you know, the whole design philosophy towards how do we make this a brand that is for apparel that you want to buy and that you want to wear for a long time, not just fashion trends going over. Uh, sort of over and over. And I think the um, kind of interesting point of view there is also from being a heritage as a menswear brand, men tend to have a little bit, I would say, more practical buying habits towards fashion, (laughs) could be said. So um, it was also, you know, it was launching women's, but also with this ethos of we're not just going to be serving you up trends to compete with H&M. We're going to be um, providing kind of timeless pieces that are trend right and that you want to wear with the latest trends, but that you can keep for a long time. So The sustainability side of the business wasn't a day one angle. It's something that's been retrofitted and bought into the brand. Would that be correct? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I wouldn't say retrofitted so much just because it's a real part of the evolution. And I think that 2017, which is really when we took that turn, was actually quite a long time ago for sustainable fashion brands. Yeah. Um, so, you know, certainly it, it started out in 2012. I think that wasn't such a big conversation. It was really more catering to this customer that they saw a gap in their wardrobe needs. But as the team grew up and the design team grew up, they were in their 20s when they started the brand. So now we're getting, you know, 30s, some people are getting married, some people are having kids. I think there was a lot more thinking about the impact of the business on the environment, on sort of the larger conversation around climate change. And so, you know, I see it more as a kind of growing up into a new phase, both for the the people who are doing the work and the brand itself and the customer, of course. And there's a whole raft of different ways that a fashion brand can become more sustainable because let's face it, there's no perfect way of being sustainable. We all know this. You know, there's there's like the whole re-engineer the supply chain in order to only order what you're actually going to sell and then you mentioned that that it's been about creating clothes that get worn worn out as it were by their owners that kind of post-purchase piece of the sustainability which bit is do you think is the one that that you and the team at Frank and Oak have really zoned in on which are the key pillars of the sustainability process Yeah, that's a great question, because I think it's also really evolving conversation, uh, both internally, but also externally in the macro environment. So in 2017, it really started as let's replace virgin polyester fabrics that we're using to make our bomber jackets. Let's replace spandex. Let's replace these, um, you know, essentially petroleum based fibers with something that is more natural biodegradable. And let's choose fabrics that are being processed or made in a way that requires less water. Let's look for new materials. Um, So we were one of the earlier brands to start using hemp in a way that wasn't just, you know, kind of hippie uh, caftans, (laughs) (laughs) but really making, you know, like uh, t-shirts and cottonized hemp, which looks like denim sort of jeans the things that you really want to wear out on the street, you know, out to dinner with your friends that is made from hemp. 
we really started as what are the fabrics that are, that we're using and how do we use ones that essentially will have a lower carbon footprint, even if we don't know how to measure it, if we don't have all the data to measure it, we know that using a recycled polyester can cut the carbon footprint of that fabric in half. That's really how we started. And I would say we are still probably on the more innovative edge of material science. So some of the products that are the best sellers that continue to be our heroes every, usually fall, winter is where a lot of these come out, are seawool, which is a blend of, of crushed oyster shells that is essentially food waste from the food industry. So in Taiwan, they have oyster farms. They crack on, open you know, the shells. They throw the shells in the ocean. They sort of gather up and create a big stink on the, on the coast. So it's gathering these recycled oyster shells, or these, these oyster shells, recycling them and blending them with recycled plastic bottles. So I call it like the ocean trash sort of uh, <laughs> sweater, but it makes a really cool, interesting fabric that we use for sweaters, that we use for uh, winter accessories, socks as well. You know, so we've been kind of at the forefront of using these types of materials where, you know, there aren't very many brands that are, even if they are using these materials, they're not really spending time educating the customer about it. And so this, you know, I would say considers kind of the first phase of sustainability. The next phase for us really, and, you know, what requires quite a lot of investment. And so we're still in the process of figuring out is really how do you become more transparent with yourselves and your customer about the total life cycle of the product. So there's a couple different areas to that. One is, you know, the first thing you need to do is have a very clear understanding of your supply chain. We have very good relationships with our factories and suppliers, but we know that in many cases they're getting a fabric from another mill and that mill is getting the yarn from somewhere else. And, and sometimes I would say there are certain products where we really know the whole life cycle and there are others where we're still working on making sure that we understand where that fabric, that yarn is coming from, because it's really only in that way that you can uh, start to measure the actual footprint or the life cycle of that product. So I would say, you know, to answer your question, uh, we started out with this idea of sustainable materials, but what we've also discovered is that once you say that you're doing that, we've gone through, you mentioned we're a B Corp. We went through the B Corp certification in 2019. We're doing the recertification right now. You realize once you position yourself as a quote unquote sustainable brand that you are opening up this whole world of customers now expect more of you in lots of other areas. So it doesn't really make sense to say, I'm just going to pick this lane and only do that because it, there's so much impact on social issues, on climate issues. And so we can't figure out everything at once, but we have to take it step by step. Oh yeah, that's all any of us can do in this space. But thank you for sharing sharing that journey. I think that's that makes it so clear. And it's you know, it's not about trying to do everything at once. It's about trying to do what seems like the right thing first, whatever that may be, and getting it right. And you mentioned in there a couple of times about about the customer and educating the customer. And you said at the beginning, you know, you're a consumer insight is one of your specialisms. So how's the team, you and the team at, at Frank and Oak, gone about educating the customer and potentially trying to change customer buying habits and has that had a positive impact on the bottom line yes yeah, so i think that as a fashion brand we have to also be honest with ourselves and i think every quote unquote sustainable fashion brand you know if they're not lying we'll say the same thing is you have to create a product that people want and get excited about for the way that it feels the way that it looks the quality the comfort 
and you know how it appeals to them on an emotional level as well as a functional level. And so we have seen that through our efforts to communicate more about, I would say, our innovative point of view towards uh, choosing materials, towards designing products, for example, our denim is designed to the Ellen MacArthur um, circular design norms. And so, you know, we have communicated to customers that we are designing jeans that are designed to be eventually recycled when they need to be pulled apart. We've eliminated rivets, which are the little metal pieces that hold your jeans together from our jeans collection, our denim collection completely, because that's something that interferes with the recycling process if you have a piece of metal in there. And so those are small technical things that become very important on a sustainable level. But in order for the customer to understand, you need to have examples like that that are very tangible and that they can also talk about and sort of tell the story to their friends when they say, oh yeah, have you seen my jeans? You know, do you know that in communicating with customers, you know, we've had to both elevate our product desirability in terms of, you know, how we shoot it, our art direction, making it look on trend and exciting, but also use the opportunity to talk about one, the properties of the garments, how we've innovated in terms of design, in terms of fabric. And then sort of a third leg is we do have some customers we found who have started to follow our brand, who are very passionate about this issue. And for them, we have information on our website about our supply chain, about our fabric. Starting last year, we're doing an annual report kind of on our progress towards some of our goals and some of our thinking behind how we design our products. And so I would say, you know, it's hard to say you can't say that our growth has been directly tied to that. But I think that having a purpose in your communications with your customers, especially when you're delivering products that are Again, they're meant to be basic. Uh, some of our best sellers are white Oxford shirts and white T-shirts and jeans. So communicating that as a differentiator is something that I think has helped us gain the sort of understanding and loyalty of more high value customers, customers who are willing to pay for that. And to your answer about growth, I mean, certainly since we took over the business in 2020, we've seen consistent growth every year in a pretty tough retail environment. Again, we can't be directly attributed to that, but it is not counter to it. But it has to go hand in hand with this um, continuing to build the brand. What is the brand about? And is the product great and attractive? Excellent. And the other thing we mentioned in the intro and a couple of times, which we, which I, you know, there will be people uh, in the audience going, why hasn't she asked her about that yet? Why hasn't she asked her about that yet? Is China. I think China is somewhere where by the numbers, everyone's like, wow, that's a massive opportunity. But as you were talking about at the beginning of this episode, it's a massively different place. The tools are different. The marketing channels are different. The language is different. The culture is different. It's something which you've, you've experienced on the ground. It's something you've been working on with Frank and Oak. What advice would you have for anyone who is thinking of expanding sales into China in, let's say, 2024, given this is going out towards the end of 2023? But if you think it's doable in 2023, please do say so, Elizabeth. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, I think the number one piece of advice is you need someone on the ground who you trust who will give you a really clear kind of understanding of the lay of the land and who understands your brand 
So the typical model for Western brands to go into China is to use what's called a TP or a trade partner. Some people call them the Tmall partners, which are essentially agencies that are going to help you get your brand on an Alibaba platform and make a store for your brand. And they will handle all of the customer acquisition and they will handle the e-commerce uh, store functions and the full fulfillment, et cetera. They will also sometimes handle some of your marketing that's outside the Tmall channel. And so I think one of the hardest things to get your head around if you're not, if you haven't been in China or, or, or sold in China online, is that Chinese customers don't ever go to a brand.com. So there is no, you know, frankenoak.com. Of course, uh, a lot of like uh, Nike, for example, has nike.com and they do get some sales through that channel because they're a massive brand. But the majority of their e-commerce sales, I mean, vast, vast I, I wouldn't know exactly, but I would guess 90 plus percent is going to be through their Alibaba store, which is not hosted by it's not like Shopify where you still have your brand.com and you know there are a lot of things happening in the back. It's like it's as if Amazon had all the brands on Amazon and no one had their own website. And so that is something that the good thing is that there are people who know how to do that really well. And you can basically just say, here's my brand. Here's how many units I'm going to allocate. You put it in your warehouse and they will handle everything for you. The bad thing is that it's extremely competitive and it's like you have to put all of your customer acquisition budget into one place. It's very, very crowded environment. The Alibaba platform also is very, uh, I would say, uh, strong and aggressive in asking you to participate in certain discounting events. So, you know, they will say in order to get any visibility during 11.11, which is like Black Friday, you have to provide X, Y, and Z and discount this much. And so you have very little control over how your e-commerce business essentially plays out. So therefore, that also means you need to do a lot of advertising in other channels or marketing in other channels, but those are completely different from the Western channels. So you need a whole new set of influencers. You can't really reuse the same. You need the influencers that are active on the Instagram equivalent, which is Xiaohongshu, um, and you basically have to scrap your whole Instagram kind of Facebook strategy because those platforms don't exist there. I guess one thing, and this is, you know, more why you need someone who's on the ground now, not someone who's on the ground 18 months ago, because it changes so fast, is, of course, TikTok has a mirror app, which is exactly the same algorithm, exactly the same, called Douyin. So the, presumably the strategies that work, work well in TikTok on the, uh, in the West would work well on Douyin in China, except there's more censorship of content. So you basically need someone who is kind of there now, who understands how the rules are changing every day and who will essentially tell you if it's worth it because it's very expensive. Every TP will tell you it's worth it, but they take huge cuts. So it's very easy to um, not make any money <laughs> for a long time. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Would you like to be using an e-commerce platform that's not just delivering everything you want today, but that's creating the ecosystem that will keep your ambitions ahead of the curve? 
then you need Shopline, a modern commerce platform built to empower you to achieve more. Want to know more? Head along to e-commerce expo in London, where Shopline are exhibiting for a free demo and to get your questions answered. Find out all about that via our short link ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. See you there. And if you're hearing this after e-commerce expo, then don't worry, the link will be updated so you can catch up on all the highlights. ecmp.info forward slash shopline. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and Alistair some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. Elizabeth, first off, thanks for all that insight about China. And are you ready for the top tips? Yes, sure. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So my book is Originals by Adam Grant. I don't know if you've read it. It's something I read a, a, quite a long time ago, but I keep going back to it because it's really about how individuals can kind of champion new ideas within their organization or if they're entrepreneurs. How do they explain a new idea, an innovative idea they have in a way that can bring other people on board? and really drive change in whatever they're trying to do. So he has a lot of great examples. One of his learnings is why procrastination can sometimes be good. So his example is that Martin Luther King had written his famous speech sort of all out on paper the night before, but he was really left quite a few sections open and he was just going to freestyle, I suppose. And his I have a dream line was not even in that written speech. It's something that came to him. So I think there's um, a lot of really interesting ideas in there about how to balance kind of preparation and creativity and also how to explain uh, innovative ideas. Useful for every entrepreneur. Yeah, not one I've read. So I'm going to have to add that one to to my list, my ever growing list. (laughs) The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So I think this is something we've tried at Frank and Oak. I mean, I think, um, again, I come from a background, which is I started my career doing qualitative consumer research, which is the opposite of uh, many digital marketers like training. So, you know, one of my favorite things that we have done to create positive effect in Frank and Oak is really identify who are our top customers, whether it's by loyalty, by spend, but who we know and who are omni-channel customers who are coming to our stores, they're buying online, kind of thank them and reward them for 
their loyalty with you know gift card but also what we did last christmas for example is we sent them in the mail four gift cards to give to one to keep for themselves and three to give to their friends and um this is something that i love because it's we all know that the costs of customer acquisition and engaging you know with new customers is so high and but we need to continue to do it but i would say underestimated is what it takes to really you know have a personal connection with your loyal customers that you know drive high value and can be cheerleaders for your brand even in more analog ways that's such a brilliant strategy i don't think i've ever heard of anyone doing that before but if i got you know from the brands i buy from a lot if i got some gift vouchers to give you know or reward cards to give to my friends totally totally be doing that i love that thank you so much for that one and we say they can keep them for themselves but we do think they give them away <laughs> as well <laughs> uh, okay the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day I would say this is less of a tool and more just of a habit, which is, um, again, also related to this book, uh, Originals, is, you know, I think something that when you're working in an internal organization, you get very focused on your business and your metrics and your success. And you look at competitors, but you don't really look outside your industry enough, I, is my opinion. So something that I've done, um, especially with sort of larger teams where we're not able to connect on a regular basis, is just do an, an end of the week email where everyone on the team has to send out something that went well this week, something that didn't go well this week, but then most importantly, something that they would recommend to the group to check out, whether it's, um, I mean, very similar to this, whether it's a podcast or a book or an art exhibit, um, really to bring people out of their space and also, you know, find ways to find inspiration that can help them in their work. But that's coming from a adjacent place or adjacent industry. So that's something, you know, I, I recommend doing in teams is or designate someone to give a recommendation that week that will help people bring people out of their headspace, but also create something for the team to talk about kind of in the next couple of couple weeks. I love that, especially for remote teams. You have to put in that little bit of extra effort to promote discussion and connections. I think that's a, such a nice, simple way to keep remote teams in particular uh, better connected. So loving that one. The carbon top tip. What's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce business? Yeah, so I spoke about our recycled fabrics at Frank and Oak, but um, something else that we do and I would say are quite proud of is we work with a 3PL partner that is based in Toronto, and they use electric vehicles for all the deliveries in the major cities in Canada where we have customers, and we're expanding to New York City as well um, in the coming weeks. And so, you know, I think for, for us, it's been finding fulfillment partners that have shared values and are also, they have a goal to be carbon neutral by the end of this year. So, you know, just thinking about who are the partners that you're working with? And uh, do they have the same goals as you? And in our case, um, we're able to do all of our, I think 70% of our customers live in some of these metro areas where we have electric vehicles. So we're able to deliver actually to their doorstep in, in EVs. I love that advice. Yeah, it, you, that delivers on so many levels. Find the partners who have the same values as you. And then the, you know, there are increasingly, I think in every country now, lower carbon delivery methods that you can tap into so that's brilliant thank you so much elizabeth uh, before we say goodbye could you let the listeners know where they can find you and frank and oak on the web and social media please 
Yes, of course. Frankenoak.com. And that is our e-commerce site. You can browse all of our collections. Our fall-winter collections in particular, you know, have a lot of exciting new products in terms of innovative materials. We're going to be launching outerwear in mid-October, which is all made from recycled polyester, um, no virgin polyester in any of our collections. So that is, you know, the place to go. Also on Instagram at Frankenoak. Same thing for Facebook and TikTok at Frank and Oak. So that uh, should be easy to find. Brilliant. And you're also one of the key members of the team at Unified Commerce Group, which is a fascinating business in the space. So can you tell us a bit about Unified Commerce Group and how anyone who's interested in finding out more can get in touch with you, please? Yes, definitely. So um, Unified Commerce Group is the parent company of Frank and Oak. We are also kind of a startup launched in 2019 and raised capital at that time to acquire D2C apparel brands primarily that had established brand traction, but were finding barriers to further scale. And so what we're doing is we're building a platform for brands like Frank and Oak and others from the tech stack, from the backend services like our finance, HR, legal, but also digital marketing engine and a consumer data platform that eventually onboard new brands in addition to Frank and Oak, provide shared services across and shared knowledge across the brands and help them scale into new geographies as well as uh, new channels. So uh, helping build out wholesale for a brand that's never done wholesale, helping build out brick and mortar for a brand that's never done brick and mortar or omni-channel fulfillment if you have stores and e-com but haven't been able to connect to them. So uh, we're on the lookout for new brands to acquire um, or to invest in. We hopefully will be closing another brand in the next couple weeks, uh, so stay tuned. And you can find us at our website, unifiedcommercegroup.com, or on LinkedIn, uh, Unified Commerce Group. We post uh, relatively frequently there as well. Awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth. And um, good luck with that acquisition, having just done one myself it's it's a crazy time. So uh, I wish yes. you I wish you luck. <laughs> never on the, ends. Never no, stops. <laughs> never ever stops. I wish you luck on the journey to uh, to conclusion, and I wish you a fair wind in the integration as well. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've learned a lot. It's been fascinating uh, chatting to you. So thank you so much for being a guest. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. So some fascinating insight there from Elizabeth, a real treat to get to talk to someone who's got experience in some areas where I know a lot of us are trying to work out what to do. And then areas like China, where most of us have done nothing and know nothing. So really, really good to hear from her. I think for me, the piece on the sustainable evolution of the brand, you know, how they started off with fixing and making more sustainable the materials, getting really into the science of that with clear aims to start with. It's really easy to go, we're going to use more sustainable materials, but there's so many different ways materials can be more sustainable. You can do recycling, you can do non-plastic, you can do plant-based, you can do lower water. And as Elizabeth was saying, they were very clear that it was going to be about removing the plastic, removing the fossil fuel based materials and lowering the water. And then that's led to the point where they're even removing the rivets from the jeans. Not something I think I've ever heard anyone talk about before. So that was rather cool to enable better recycling of them further down the line. And then the second part being about becoming more transparent, both with themselves and with the customers about the whole life cycle of the product from supply chain through to where the product ends up at the end. 
really fascinating stuff on the customer perspective. So how becoming a more sustainable brand has impacted on customer retention and acquisition. And then, of course, that super insight on the China front. If you want to hear more about China on the podcast and how one might go about expanding into China, then let me know. It's always something we can cover. If you guys want it, we will do it. You can get your hands on the notes from this episode, including the top tips and links to the things we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our direct episode short links. That's ECMP, short for e-commerce master plan. So ecmp.info forward slash episode number. Put that in the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page of the website. When you get there, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business. And if you've liked this episode, then make sure you check out episode 421, which is also about a big fashion brand embracing sustainability. And that's with Ben from Bowden. And you can find all our fashion episodes at ecmp.info forward slash fashion. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the e-commerce master plan podcast. We bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store.